I sometimes think of life as being in a snow globe. That when we go through life, all the obligations and activities of life, the responsibilities that we have, the busyness that we engage in, the turbulence of the world around us, is there's this sense of the snow globe being shaken and we experience that as being in a field of activation. I know almost no one that doesn't have some like sense of anxiety or restlessness or uncertainty. It's kind of the conditions of our world. What I love about the snow globe is that you could try to have some sort of technique or something that you would do to the snow globe to try to make it settle down. And in fact, any technique would actually just cause more agitation in the globe. And the only technique that allows the snow globe to settle is to set it down. And when you settle it down, you know, you might say, oh, well, I stilled the snow globe. But really, it's the nature of the snow globe to settle. When given the proper conditions, settling happens through entropy and gravity and all these kinds of natural forces. This is very much the theme of the meditation retreat. As I was saying last night, as we're cultivating these conditions that allow the natural intelligence of this Mahdi by system to find a kind of stasis and equilibrium. One of my favorite teachings of the Buddha, he's describing a person who is running through the forest. And all of a sudden they realize, I'm running through the forest. Why am I running? I could be walking. And then they realize, why am I walking? I could be standing. Why am I standing? I could be seated. Pretty soon the person is lying down, moving from higher levels of activity to lower levels of activity. It's a kind of invitation to invite a slowing down, um, both physically and our movements. We can begin to slow down not rushing from place to place, uh, and also a kind of um, invitation to the system to settle down, to move into a lower gear, to move from this period of space of higher activation to lower activation. The mind and the heart, much the same way. They want a kind of equilibrium or stasis, And in the same way, I might say, you know, if I'm running through the forest, that there's all kinds of activation in my system, heart rate, respiration, breathing heavily, blood pressure, a million other things happening in activation, that the way, the conditions that allow that activation to settle are to come into stillness. And it's not so much that I'm doing it, because it's the nature of the body to find this kind of stasis just allowing it to happen. So the mind and the heart are the same way. The mind, the heart want to be in a place of stasis, of equilibrium, peacefulness, less activation. This is the movement from doing to being that we're inviting in our retreat space. You will hear us talking a lot about awareness, 
So this word awareness, a kind of mysterious, ineffable knowing or capacity to know. And literally everything we experience in life is happening through awareness. The sum total of our life experiences is um, like one of six things, sight, sounds, taste, touch, smells, and objects that appear in the mind as thoughts, as words, as images. And all the time, these seven sense, in, six, six, six sense inputs, maybe some of you have seven, six sense inputs are always happening, and it's like this arising and appearing and awareness. So awareness is always happening, even when we're lost in thought, even when we're daydreaming, even when we're, we're sleeping, there's some amount of awareness happening. And mindfulness is the quality of being aware, but also knowing that we're aware and connecting more fully with what we're aware of more intimately to be, to be um, more connected, more intimate, bringing it closer. And maybe you could say mindfulness is infusing this knowing, this awareness with the helpful attitudes of kindness, patience, curiosity, interest. So today we're going to focus mostly on the tactile sense, the non-cognitive knowing when there's sensation in the body or movement in the body, or even if I were to put my hand on my face, I can feel. It's not a cognitive, I mean, I might conceptually know intellectually that my hand is on my face, but there's a different way of knowing that I can feel through the sense of touch and the warmth. This different way of knowing this tactile experience is direct, it's immediate, it's in this moment, usually in flux. Another concept I think is really helpful in meditation practice is the the notion of foreground and background, which I use quite literally. If I were to put my hands in front of my face, I'm looking at my hands. My hands are in the foreground. You're all in the background. Um, I don't need to make you go away in order to focus on my hands. I can just let you be in the background. Sometimes if you're at a party and maybe the party is a little bit loud, but not so loud, you can actually have a conversation with someone because you're using your attention to focus on that person and you're letting all the activity of the party be in the background. You don't have to really do anything with that background except to let it be there. 
So we're not pushing anything away, we're not trying to get into some thoughtless state or some blank state of no experience. We're just directing the attention to focus on an object of meditation. Today I'm going to talk primarily about the breath as the object of meditation. So we'll bring the feeling of the breath moving through the body, this tactile knowing to the forefront. And we'll try to let everything else just fade into the background. This is a kind of movement that secludes the mind. So we're giving the mind a break from all the stimulation of the world and the environment. And of course, the mind will wander whatever's in the background, thoughts, emotions, sensations in the body will inevitably creep into the foreground. This is not a problem. This is not a failure. This is the nature of the mind. The nature of the mind is that it wanders. Back to our ancestors roaming the savannas of Africa, this mind needed to wander and track and be vigilant and um, We don't have to do that anymore, but the habit of our neurology persists. So really what we're inviting, the the big ask of this whole endeavor is a kind of a commitment, a loving commitment, a dedication, a resolve to just begin again in each moment. And actually that moment that you notice that the attention has wandered, that you're lost in thought, sometimes we go, ah, you know, there's some like self-recrimination or disappointment or like some reaction to that, not doing it right. But actually that moment when you realize, oh, the mind is lost in thought, I'm wondering what's for lunch, I'm not meditating on my breath, That's a moment of awakening. I trained myself to smile at that moment because it's a re, that's the moment that we begin to reconnect. And this commitment to begin again and again and again, to soften and begin again, to shake it off and begin again, this is the beginning of building a kind of resiliency. Really, that's what is resiliency is, the, the like, willingness to begin again in each moment. So we all bring different causes and conditions to this retreat, how busy or stressful our lives are, how much activity or inactivity we've had. Um, And so although we're here practicing together, in a way there's a kind of individual curriculum that begins to show up. This also is not a problem. This is sort of the design of the retreat. And our encouragement is to, at least in these first few hours, to just let as best you can everything be in the background. When you notice things creeping into the foreground, the sense that the mind has picked something up, See if you can place it back down. And then there will be times where the thing that's impinging into the foreground is too loud, or sometimes the low 
hum of anxiety that is very much in the background through the busyness and activity of life can become like really loud. It's like air conditioning in a quiet room. You don't notice it when the room is active, but all of a sudden it's really loud. And then there'll be an invitation to gently invite that experience into the foreground to to breathe with, to have the sense that it's with, that we're breathing with, breathing through. Imagine the breath as a kind of a salve or a kind of a treatment to help the energy soften and moderate and relax and settle. And there's a little bit of a dance that we'll be going through that's maybe more of a art than a science of, you know, how we place the attention. Where are we resting the heart, resting in the tactile sensation of the body breathing and In the moment we allow or embrace the other things that are happening. So last night, Luigi said, arriving is a process. And I I love this notion that we're here physically, but today the theme is really arriving more fully, arriving into this moment, arriving into a deeper connection with this mind-body system. The breath is a really good object for meditation. Some would say it's ideal. It's always here. It's For most people, it's neutral or a little bit boring. Like, I don't know that many people who are like super jazzed when they pay attention to their breath, although that might change for you over these next few days. Um, if the breathing is problematic, if you have difficulty breathing, sometimes people have asthma will report this. Sometimes people that have had experiences in water uh, or traumatic experiences associated with being with breathing, um, then I'll encourage you for today to use. Um, the weightiness of the body as your object of meditation. So being aware of the connection to the earth, the weight of the body in your seat, have that be sort of the anchor of your meditation. As we go forward, we could talk about other anchors for meditation. But my, my encouragement is really try the breath. Maybe you tried it and it didn't work and you have some idea, oh, this isn't for me. I'd say give it a shot. Really only use a different object of meditation if the breath creates some some memory or trauma or condition associated with that. So feeling into your posture as you're seated here, You can rest the eyes by closing them or gazing softly at the ground. Letting the posture be relaxed yet alert, balanced. 
There's some sense of the posture being dignified. And then inviting the body to soften on the exhale, letting go of anything extra. And feeling into the forehead and softening the brow. Releasing, relaxing the space around the eyes. Softening the face and the jaw. Letting the shoulders move downward and backward, even a fraction of an inch. Releasing the neck, throat. And inviting all the muscles of the back of the body to soften and let go relying on the integrity of the spine to support you if you're seated, or the back of the chair. Feeling the wideness of the collarbones. Letting the front of the torso soften, letting the belly hang freely. Relaxing the hips. And then softening and letting go in the upper and lower leg. On the feet. And then softening the arms, starting from the shoulders. Letting the shoulders have a sense that the arm is hanging from the shoulder socket. All the way to the palms and the fingers. It can be an ongoing invitation throughout this day, throughout this retreat, to invite the body to relax, to notice when there's some holding or extra effort, releasing what can be released, and Inviting what might be stuck to release in its own time.
And becoming aware of the body, the sense of the body as a whole, seated, the orientation of the body. And connecting with whatever sensations are most prominent. Invoking this tactile way of knowing Maybe some pulsation or vibration. Some sense of temperature or pressure. Whatever it might be. No need to change anything, just opening to how it is in this moment. You might notice that some sensations have a kind of feeling of pleasant, some have a feeling of unpleasant, some are more in between, kind of neutral. And letting the awareness rest lightly on the feeling of the breath moving through the body. So that everything else fades into the background. This field of knowing is filled with the changing flow of tactile sensation. the expansion and contraction of the belly. The rise and fall of the chest. Maybe a feeling of air at the upper lip or the nostrils. Letting it be really simple. Breathing in, knowing, feeling, experiencing the in-breath. Breathing out, knowing, experiencing, feeling the out-breath. As best you can, letting the breath be natural, letting the body breathe itself, and just opening to receive this knowing, this feeling of the body breathing.
And every time you notice that the attention has wandered from the breath, soften, smile, appreciate this moment of awakening, and then begin again, resting the attention on the feeling of the breath, moving through the body, and allowing everything else to just fade or rest in the background. Our mindfulness is supported by interest and curiosity, this gentle investigation. So you might notice without judgment, without trying to change anything, is the breath deep or is the breath shallow? No particular right way to breathe, trusting that the body knows how to breathe. You might notice if the breath has a quality of being fine or being more coarse, again, without judgment. might sense into the rhythm of the breath, or perhaps the breath is arrhythmic. might connect with the breath wherever it's most prominent in your body. Maybe that's the belly or the chest. And you can also explore tracking the whole cycle of the breath. Noticing the beginning of the inhale and tracking it all the way to the end of the exhale. You might notice 
moments of stillness in the cycle of breathing. Sometimes a stillness as the lungs are filling. Quite often a stillness at the end of the cycle of breathing. As we continue to arrive, you might notice more subtle manifestations of the breath. Maybe some movement in the shoulders. Maybe some movement in the back of the body. Maybe there's a kind of sense of the energy of breathing. Might be a sense of rising energy on the inhale, and softening energy on the exhale. We can practice with this attitude of nowhere to go, nothing to get or get rid of, no one you have to be or become, just this breath. Just to be alive is enough. Just to be alive is enough, and we can connect with the aliveness of this body through the breath that keeps us alive. Breathing in, knowing, feeling, experiencing the in-breath. Breathing out, knowing, feeling, experiencing the out-breath. Connecting with the breath, not as an idea or a concept, but a direct, immediate, tactile experience.
And if there are strong sensations, emotions, creeping in, not wanting to stay in the background, you can play with inviting them in, holding that part of the body in awareness, the sense that we're breathing with or breathing through, a strong sensation. Using the rhythmic nature of the breath to invite those sensations to soften, settle. Just a gentle persistence, no need to strain or struggle. Just relaxing into this mode of receptivity. Breathing in, knowing that you're breathing in. Breathing out knowing that you're breathing out. It's that simple. And every time you notice that the mind has picked something up, some problem to solve, some to-do list, or fantasy, just gently and kindly putting it down. Letting it be in the background. Letting the field of knowing be filled with the flow of sensations and the body breathing.
this ebb and flow, moments of attentiveness, moments of connected, moments of mind wandering, or planning, remembering, rehearsing. This is the nature of the mind that each time we encourage Each time we encourage the mind to begin again, to reconnect with this breath, we're building our capacity for mindfulness. We're building the very useful real-world ability to be attentive, be focused, everything we do infused with this attitude of devotion, dedication, kindness. to end this guided sit with a poem. It's called Keeping Quiet by Pablo Neruda. Now we will count to 12 and we will all keep quiet. For once on the face of the earth, let's not speak in any language. Let's stop for one second and not move our arms so much would be an exotic moment without rush, without engines. We would all be together in a sudden strangeness. Fishermen in the cold sea would not harm whales, and the man gathering salt would look at his hurt hands. Those who prepare green wars, wars with gas, wars with fire, victories with no survivors, would put on clean clothes and walk about with their brothers in the shade, doing nothing. What I want should not be confused with total inactivity. Life is what it is about. If we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving and for once could do nothing, perhaps a huge silence might interrupt the sadness of never understanding ourselves. Perhaps the earth can teach us as when everything seems dead and later proves to be alive. Now I'll count to 12, and you keep quiet, and I will go.
We've created a little bit of space for maybe one or two questions uh, about practice, any clarification of the practice instructions, questions about what I've said thus far and how we're encouraging you to spend the day. Hey, um, was curious on watching the breath. I feel like when I watch my breath, it just turns into a breathing exercise of me, like, forcing my breath to breathe deeply or not deeply, which I guess is is fine, but maybe not what we're going for. Curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, sometimes there is this feeling that when we're attending to the breath that we're somehow controlling it, and that's fine. You can just notice that that's the experience of the breath in this moment. And you might also notice when it pops up that you're not controlling the breath, because usually that sense is it comes and goes. There's no problem with that. Because we're, we're really we're training the attention, so it's not how the breathing is happening is not so important. Thanks. Um, any guidance on how to go about the walking meditations? We will be giving walking meditation instructions shortly. Walking in movement, yes. Hi. Uh, any advice for what to do if you find yourself uh, falling asleep during a meditation? I'm sorry, say that again? Any advice uh, for what to do if you find yourself uh, falling asleep during a meditation? Yeah. Well, you know, it's the first day, so I'd say just go with that. <laughs> that you know, we have this thing we call Vipassana whiplash, where you often, from my perspective, you can see people kind of nodding off. And I think it's just part of the deal for the first day. And as we progress, we'll talk about some strategies to bring more alertness to the body. Last one over here. Right in the front, J.D. Thank you. Um, This is sort of a vulnerable one, but um, if our mind starts to wander and then we sort of have a, like a bit of a shame reaction, like I'm doing this wrong, I'm doing this wrong. What do you recommend? Yeah, I mean, this is part of the practice, right? We notice our patterns of how we are relating to ourselves. And so you can acknowledge and feel that moment, but then there's a kind of encouragement to bring kindness to that experience. And the kindness is a kind of an antidote over time to shame. Sometimes I will give myself a pep talk. I put my hand on my chest and say, it's okay. You're doing your best. Keep going. Also, that's not a unique experience. I know it feels very vulnerable, but it's a very, very common experience. We have some idea about how we're supposed to be, about how this is supposed to unfold, and we get 
kind of like tangled around it when it's not. But um, I just want to normalize that for everyone. But to be aware of that and to try to soften it over time. Um, so now we'll, 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 okay, one more. <laughs> Apologies, I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> I waited too long. Um, if there's any guidance on stretches or uh, movements we can do before long periods of sitting along the way, that would be helpful. We haven't yet formulated our plan around talking about posture, so maybe we can offer some of those things at that period of time. the second walking period. Just making a decision on the fly that 11.15 during the movement session, if you want some advice on posture, come to this room and... uh... Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.